The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Amen. Well, we're going to jump straight into the word. Are you ready? Yes. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Matthew chapter number 19 in the Message Bible. We're going to be reading from verse 11. Matthew chapter number 19. We're going to be reading from verse 11 in the Message Bible. And so this is a series we started two weeks ago called Date Night even though it's in the day, right? Because we want to talk to the singles. We're talking to all the single population uh, at Faith Hill Church. We want to get them ready for what's coming. We want to get them ready uh, for their relationship uh, with their spouse. Amen. And so Jesus, talking about marriage, this is what he says. He gives us what I like to call the ingredients to a successful uh, marriage. He gives us the ingredients to a mutually beneficial, successful marriage relationship uh, that's going to bring fulfillment to the two parties involved uh, in it who are male and female. Funny we have to say that. You just have to spell it out, okay? And, and, and this, is, this is what Jesus says. Uh, he says in the ingredients, but Jesus said not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. So the first ingredient we see is maturity. Uh, the, the married life, uh, it takes maturity if you're going to be successful at it. The second thing it says is it requires a certain aptitude and grace. We said aptitude is natural skill uh, that you can learn, you can acquire knowledge and get better at, right? And uh, grace is, is himself, God, pouring his anointing on your marriage relationship so that it can get better. Is what it says. Marriage isn't for everyone. Some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. Others, others never get asked or accepted. Some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons. But if you're capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, uh, then do it. So we see four ingredients uh, to a successful marriage, at least according to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The number one being maturity. It's going to take uh, maturity uh, to live a married life. Can I get an amen? amen. It's going to take maturity. And there are two signs that I wrote down here, uh, two signs of maturity. So if you're single and you want to take a litmus test to see if you're, you're mature, you can check on these two. The first one is maturity as a sign, number one. Uh, people who are mature have the ability to say no. People who are mature have the ability to say no. Uh, Matthew chapter number 5, uh, verse 37 in the New King James Bible, Jesus said this, But let your yes be a yes, and let your no be a no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. 
So we've got to learn how to say yes, and we also have to learn how to say no. No is a complete statement. It's a complete sentence. Amen? Amen? Amen. I said amen. Amen. And so uh, mature people have learned how to say no to things uh, that don't fit the plan that God has given them and the plan of their lives. Children don't know immature people. They don't know how to say no. If I went to my kids today after service and say, pack your bags, let's go on vacation, what do you think they're going to say? If I say uh, to them, let's go get ice cream for lunch, what do you think they're going to say? If I say, let's go get marshmallows for lunch, what do you think they're going to say? But if I go to someone who's more mature and I say, hey, we're going to have candy, sweets, we're going to have sweets for dinner, they're going to say, no, we're not going to have candy for for dinner because there's no nutritional value uh, in it. And so maturity is a sign. People who are mature uh, have grown into this ability to say no. If you read Hebrews 11 verse 24, it says, by faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. When Moses was grown up, when he was mature, he had mastered the ability to say no. Number two, mature people have balance. Mature people, as a sign, mature people have balance. Balance is very important in a man's life. Uh, uh, You know, as it makes you cautious of how you spend your time, your money, the kind of company that you keep, and the places that you go. Responsibility also goes hand in hand with balance. It is the one that separates men from boys. Is is balance, right? Uh, mature people, as a sign, they have a balance about them. You know, n- nothing is lopsided. You know, they have a balance. Little kids, uh, because of a lack of balance, we have to give them uh, those little walkers. We have to, if they start riding a bicycle, it has to be a tricycle, right? If if you're an adult, you ride a bicycle, a bicycle, two wheels, because you have balance. So it is with married life. When you're mature, uh, it is seen through uh, the ability to have a balanced life. There are some people who lack balance, the 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 skills. The, the, the are tilted toward work at the, at the sacrifice of their marriage. And so they will go to work at 5 in the morning and come back home at 11 p.m. And there's something wrong with that. There's a lot of immaturity in that. And then some people on the flip side, uh, they are tilted on the other end where there is no work at all. There's zero work at all. It's also a sign of immaturity. And so if we're going to be mature to live this married life, we have to uh, master those two things. Aptitude, we say this is natural skill that you can learn. Amen. That means uh, uh, every year, uh, every often, as a couple, take some time out to learn about each other. You should have a PhD. I'm talking to the married ones now. Aptitude, if you aptitude, natural skill. You you should have a PhD in your spouseology. <laughs> you should have a PhD in knowing your spouse. What's a shoe size? What's a favorite color? What's your favorite color? What, what kind of vacation does she want to go uh, to? Go to? What's, uh, what's her love language? Right? Uh, what are her dreams? And things of, I see the men are getting na- nervous. They're getting, they're getting really nervous. <laughs> what's her birthday? What's her birthday? Right? What, what's the anniversary? What's, what's the anniversary? When did you start date? You know, the, you, you, you must have a PhD in knowing your spouse. Can I get an amen? You must have a PhD in knowing her. And, 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 and 
it, that's aptitude. It, it's part of aptitude. You can't be, you can't be careless about these things. You know, you, you, 4 p.m., you haven't realized that it's your wife's birthday. 4 p.m., you're going to get into trouble. Serious trouble. Amen. And no one can help you. At that point, even prayer might not help you. Amen. And so that skill, you've got to learn how to, to do these things and to have a relation. Grace is, is, is really the anointing that God puts on that relationship, right? The blessing. You've got to pray uh, for each other. You've got to pray uh, for your relationship. And uh, I was saying in the first service, as a part of grace, uh, is that, you know, the statistic for divorce is one out of every two uh, people that get married uh, end up in the divorce court. And, uh, you know, this is the same statistic in the world as it is in the church. But we, we learn that you can turn that around if you practice these three disciplines uh, together as a family. If you uh, read the Bible together, if you pray together, and if you attend church regularly together, this statistic moves from one out of every two to one out of every 1,500 people. Being, just being a part of a community that values uh, marriage, you know, watching others and how they treat each other and how they honor each other. It's gonna, it's, the Bible says, he who walks with the wise, they themselves will become wise. I think it was John Maxwell in one of his books about leadership. He said, if you show me your friends, I can show you your future. Now, if all your friends have hectic uh, uh, marriage relationships, all of them, then I can show you the future of your, of your relationship. Man, get around some people with healthy, uh, godly marriages. Get around some people with happy marriages. Get around some people that love each other like crazy. And then let that thing fall on you. Get around some men who know how to open doors for their wives. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get around some men who know their wives to go first when the lift door opens. You know, they just wait. They just wait and say, you, <laughs> you ma'am. Get around those boys. And if you get around those boys, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fall on you. Amen. Amen. It's going to rub off on you. One of the testimonies I got, uh, I, you know, from one of the brothers was, you know, before I, I joined this church, uh, the church that they used to go to, I'm not going to spell it out. Don't try to figure it out. You'll never, you know, figure it out. But they were not allowed to, to go on holiday because, man, it's got to be the, the work of the Lord, Monday through Friday. He said, man, one of the things I learned when I joined here is that you encourage us to, 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 to go somewhere, go away. You know, that's what I encourage people to do. You know, go away. Go somewhere away with your wife, the two of you, and learn to get along. Amen? He said because of that, him and his wife's relationship has become uh, extremely better, you know, ten times better. And because of that, now they are serving the Lord and serving other couples, you know, in this thing called uh, marriage. Can I get an amen? And so the third thing we talked about was growing into the largeness of marriage. And we say this means you must grow into the largeness of selflessness. Right? If you're going to be married and uh, selfish, uh, marriage will be brutal to you. Marriage is brutal on selfish people. And so uh, this was just a, a preparation uh, for the 10 readiness quiz uh, for, for single people. So singles have to go through these 10 questions. And if, you, if your answer is 
I'm ready to all ten of them, then you are ready to uh, meet uh, your God-given uh, uh, partner and, and get into the covenant of marriage. And so the first question we talked about was, uh, do you know what you want? You know, uh, uh, before you go out looking, you need to know what you want. Where there is no vision, people perish. The second thing we looked at last week was, you know, do you have a list of requirements? Ten of them. None of them superficial. They have to be about things that are moral, ethical, and spiritual. So it's not none of the outside stuff. It's none of things like height and, and color complexion. And those things will really not matter uh, on the journey of, of being married. It has to be uh, valuable things. It has to be virtues uh, like, you know, that are ethical, uh, spiritual, and are based on the word of God. Uh, the third thing is... Am I happy and am I successful at being single? We said last week that if you are single and uh, mad, and you, if you are single and sad, you're going to be married and mad. That's what we said, right? If you're single and sad, you're going to be, no one is coming to rescue you. Uh, hallelujah. Number four, am I ready and available for commitment? That was the question we asked last week. In other words, I'm not carrying any baggage, any emotional baggage from uh, previous relationships, and I don't use baggage as an excuse for my behavior. You see, if you're still using uh, what was done to you in the past as an excuse for behavior, it may be at work. You know, there's some people who just, but you know what was done to me? But you know what was done to me? Tambe, tambe, but you know what was done to me? You're not ready for, for, for a relationship. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Man, I thought I was going to get louder amens than that. Uh, uh, the fifth one, in fact, while we're still talking about baggage, there's a, a song, it's a worldly song. Let me Google it. It's a worldly song. Uh, the, the, it's called uh, Beg Lady. Zikwama. Let me Google it. Let me, let, let, me read it. let me read the lyrics to you of what these baggage things will do. Uh, to you. Uh, let, let me read it. She said, uh, uh, bag lady, you're going to hurt your back. Dragging all them bags like that. I guess nobody ever told you, all you must hold on to is Jesus. <laughs> See, I'm fixing, I'm fixing it. I'm fixing it as a I'm fixing it as we go, right? He says, she, she, she says, she says, you go listen to Erica Badu. She says, one, one day all them bags are going to get into your way. You know, and that's what we're saying. All this emotional stuff is going to get into your way. And then so she said, so pack light. She said, you can't, you can't hurry. She said, this one is good. Bag lady, you're going to miss your bus. You can't move fast because you got too much stuff. When they see you coming, they take off running. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, yes, it's true. And then listen to what it says. One day he going to say, you crowding my space. This is what bags will do. Even the people in the world will know that emotional baggage can get in the way of a relationship. Man, I went to that church. The pastor was quoting Eric about anger. <laughs> I'm going back there. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. Can I get an amen? amen. Number five, uh, am I satisfied with my work and career? 
you know, you need to be satisfied uh, with your work and career. Number six, we're starting from number six, so that was all five we dealt with last week. Number six is this, am I healthy emotionally in my mind, body, and in my spirit? In other words, this is what it should look like. My physical and mental and emotional health does not interfere with having the life and the relationship that I want. I am reasonably happy and I feel good. There was a young lady who tried to help uh, my wife and I, you know, with this relationship stuff. Uh, we are not matchmakers at all, but she was a friend and we were just trying to help her. And she was all into this uh, uh, justice stuff, you know, all into the uh, uh, feminism stuff and so on and so on. Couldn't find a, 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 a boyfriend and she came to us for some help. And we told her, we said, you know what, the issue is uh, this, this, you know, civil rights and justice stuff that you, you're running around with after doing some investigation and asking some questions, we realized that it was because she was an emotional wreck and she was dealing with abandonment issues that she needed to deal with, you know, in her background. And so the common denominator that was causing her problems and not to find somebody else uh, was uh, herself. And here's the truth, is that you have to become the best version of yourself if you are going to have a successful relationship. You have to work on you and not somebody else. You have to work on you being relatable. You, work, you have to work on you uh, on, 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 on having an attitude as you come to a relationship where you are able to uh, connect with other people without any preconceived ideas. Without any previous uh, abandonment issues, you have to be able to connect with people uh, uh, openly. How many of you realize that there is a difference between the conflict in a relationship and the issues we carry as individuals that we bring between us and the person? Sometimes we bring personal issues and there is no conflict at all. It is because we haven't dealt uh, with our past. You have to work on yourself. And so typically what happens is that when I'm preaching a sermon like this, you know, or to all the single people, and it happens even with the married people, uh, you know, while they're sitting there, they always know somebody who needs to hear this sermon. Everybody knows someone who needs to hear this sermon. And that person is not themselves. And so they miss out on a great opportunity to make some course corrections so that they can fix themselves and get ready uh, to, to date again, to meet people, uh, because there's always somebody who needs to hear this teaching and not themselves. Can I get an amen? And I'm, I'm here to tell you that you're not here by accident. You are here by divine appointment. So God wanted, God orchestrated before the beginning of the earth, before the beginning of time, that you were supposed to be here today so that you can hear this for yourself. Hallelujah. And the reason is this. Because when we get married, you marry someone's past, present, and future. And if they don't deal with their past, it can affect their present and their future. And so the first thing is, you've got to be healthy emotionally. You've got to be healthy in your mind. You've got to be healthy in your body. And you have to be healthy uh, in your spirit. Number two, number two, uh, is my financial and legal business handled? This is a question you must ask before you start dating. In other words, I have no financial or legal issues that would interfere with having the relationship 
and the life that I want. Money is the number one reason people divorce. Notice I said money, I didn't say the lack of it. Finances are the number one reason people divorce, both having it, not having it, and having uh, 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 an average of it. Because the problem is not the money. The problem is the people who haven't learned how to handle money. If the Lord deposited 2.5 million rand today, right now, just hit your account, you get the SMS from FNB. It's not even a lot of money. But, but just, this is the because re- in the first service I said a billion, and people couldn't relate, because, you know, it, 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 it may never happen. Now, let's talk about something that might happen. If the Lord put 2.5 million in your account, how many of you would wait until the end of the service to actually leave this place? <laughs> you know, most people would get up and leave right now. And, and, and call and tune in from Hawaii somewhere. Just tune in, live broadcast. Pastor, I was in the service. I was watching it online. Amen? And some of them, it will start affecting their husband and wife relationship. Sometimes with uh, wives, when they start to earn uh, a lot more than their husbands, they forget the order of things that God set in the house. And sometimes when men uh, start to earn a little more, they, they start to, you know, like when you're driving a three series and they do a facelift. Sometimes when men get a little more money, they start to want to trade their wives in for a younger one. It is because they haven't mastered how to handle uh, finances. Money controls them. They don't have control over money. And so when we say money is the number one reason, we're not saying having it. We're not saying not having it. We are saying not having a healthy relationship with money will affect how you relate with people. Can I get an amen? And so you have to have a balance. Before you start dating, you also need to make sure that you don't have, uh, uh, you know, debt. The question you should ask is, do I have debt? How much debt do I have if I do? And when am I planning to take care of it? And, 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 and you know, uh, single people, if, if someone has debt, 500000 from Edgar's. It's a red flag. In fact, forget 400,000, 500,000. 500 rand from Edgar's. Why would you buy clothes on debt? If you can't afford it, just wait until you can afford it. Can I get an amen? amen. And so if there's a ridiculous debt, it's going to affect your marriage. Really. It doesn't matter how cute they are. If they haven't learned how to manage money, if money controls them, it's a time bomb. There was a gentleman who, uh, 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 well, you know, I don't know if I can share this, this story, but anyway, you won't know the people, so I can share. There was a, in the newspapers, he, he won some uh, uh, thing, and they gave him millions and millions of rand, and left his wife, went and uh, uh, married this socialite. Socialite lady uh, moved into a hotel somewhere in Santon, the penthouse, paying 2.5 million rand every single month, bought a, a Lambo, Lamborghini. You know the Lamborghini? Bought a Lamborghini and, and went crazy. 
because he didn't have a healthy relationship with money. Caused all kinds of problems in, in, in his life. And now he's back trying to, you know, talk his wife back in the original wife, trying to get it. She said, no, I'm done with you. I'm, no, I don't want any part of you. Now you're broke. Now you're trying to, no, I don't want any part of you. He didn't have a healthy relationship with money. Can I get an amen? We have to develop a healthy relationship with money. As a single person, you need to learn money management. You need to learn how to relate with money. We were counseling this couple many years ago. You know, they're not here, so don't try to figure out who they are. They're not here. You'll never figure out who they are. But my, they came, my wife and I, we were trying to help them through their marriage relation. And the wife... You know, after being fed up of this conversation, I was going back and forth. She said, you know what? Actually, the problem is when he started earning this kind of money, that's when we started having these problems. And so now I pray that God takes it away. That was a prayer. Every morning, Lord, make this man broke. She said, I have a better man when he's broke. And some of you, some of you don't even have that millions, but you're just nice when it's the 15th. 15, 16, 17, you're nice. 25, 28, when it hits the wallet, all of a sudden the monster comes out. Because you're bawling. You need a healthy relationship with money. Can I get an amen? Here's another question uh, they should ask while we're dealing with money and resources. Do I get fired from work all the time? If you are that person who gets fired from work all the time, you're not ready for uh, dating. You're not ready. And it's always the boss's fault. And now it's three, four, five bosses. Ah, there must be a problem. The common denominator hasn't changed. It's a different boss, but there's a common denominator which is still you. Amen. Amen. And so when we're dealing with financial and legal business is handled, we have to understand this, that the marriage relationship is two parts. Someone say two. It is two parts. It is an institute, which is the structure, right? The skeleton. And it is also a relationship. So you have to understand that the marriage is, a, is an institute. It's a structure. God put a structure in the institute that the husband is the head of the wife and the children. So the wife gets to submit to the husband. That's the structure that God put in the house. But over here, there's something that goes with it as well, which is the relationship, the companionship, and the friendship. A structure without the companionship and friendship and relationship will fail. It will become dictatorial. It's an autocratic home. Yeah, the kids' uh, uh, school fees is taken care of. Yeah, the bills are paid. Uh, but there's another aspect of the relationship that needs to be taken care of, which is the relationship, which is the companionship, the friendship, the connection, the chemistry. I know a lot of men that, you know, uh, can take care of uh, uh, all of their obligations, but they hardly ever go on. The last time they went on a date with their wives was in 1942. The institute is strong, but the relationship is struggling. And then I know some people who go on dates all the time, they have a great friendship, they have a great companionship and a relationship, but there is no structure over here. The last born, five-year-old is running the house. Yet God said it's supposed to be the head of the house, it's supposed to be the husband. Five-year-old gets to tell everyone in the house what we eat for dinner. 
There's friendship, there's happiness, but there's a lack of structure. Can I get an amen? amen? So we need both. We need to have a strong structure and also a strong friendship and companionship. If this marriage uh, relationship is going to be a success. Can I get an amen? amen. Number eight. Here's the, thir- uh, the, third, uh, the eighth question you must ask. Are my family relationships functional? Are my family relationships functional? In other words, uh, my relationships with my children... Is it functional? So if you have children uh, from a, a, a previous relationship, right, your, your relationship with those children, some of uh, uh, the people, they uh, start dating at 50, 55, 60, 65, 70. You know, you start dating at 70. In fact, one of my friends, Ben Notman, he's going to be watching this. His dad is like... Uh, uh, 80, 80 some, 87. He used to come to this church, uh, a dead not man. We love him so much. And uh, every time I meet Ben for, for, for coffee, he's like, man, my dad says, you think he found the right, he found the right one. Dude is 87. <laughs> and I said to him, why, why does he think he found the right one? He says, he says this, one, this one came and changed all his curtains, so he thinks she's right. I'm like, oh, man, God bless his heart. <laughs> But here's the deal, is that, you know, people can date at 70, 75, and, you know, but you've got to make sure that your relationships are functional. Relationships with your children, he has a great relationship with his kids, right? Uh, They're not estranged. Uh, Your relationship with your ex, don't bring someone into uh, the chaotic situation of uh, baby mama, baby uh, father, drama. Make sure you take care of your ex, right, so that everything is clear. And how many of you know that all things can be done decently and in order? You know, you come pick up the kids at 8 and then drop them over. We don't have to interact at that level anymore. You know, that life is past. This is my new life. Hey, in fact, the, I don't know if I can say this. The Caucasians do it better. You know, <laughs> they're just civil about it, right? Billy, Billy's here. Billy, is that your new girlfriend? It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Now, my people take out the daggers, right? (laughs) I don't want him at my house, but he's coming to pick up his kids. I think we can be more civil, right? And allow the other person to come pick up the kids. If the court said that they're supposed to have uh, the weekend with the kids, they can come on Friday, pick up the kids, and drop them off on Sunday. And it can be done decently and in order. No, it doesn't have to be a scenario every time. It doesn't have to be, you know, <laughs> World War Three every time they come. I'm just saying, you know, it's my observation. This one is not Bible. That was me. We can be civil about it. Uh, here's another one, another relationship that we need to make sure is functional. My relationship with my siblings has to be functional and healthy. In other words, my siblings uh, uh, know that I'm my own person and that they are not a third wheel in my, in my relationships. You know, some, some of you grew up tight-knit family, and, and when you got married, you know, planning, you're planning to get married, but you want your siblings to also come into the marriage relationship and be a third will. It's going to be a problem. Amen? Yes. If, if my wife's sister was at our house every Sunday to check what we're doing, at some point, you know, I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> They're just checking to see, what, you, what are you doing? You, you too, what are you not? You know, we don't need any of them. So the relationship has to be functional. With your siblings, it has to be healthy. Hallelujah. And especially these days with these uh, uh, WhatsApp groups, siblings, WhatsApp group, and you're talking, you know, no, you, we, we, you know, this is a new life. I'm a head of my home now. You know, I still, you know, participate whenever I'm required to participate. But, yo, 
I'm, I'm 40, 40 some years old. And I have a wife and kids. Can I have some time with them? You know, if we need to do family stuff, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll come for Christmas. We'll be there. For Christmas, we'll be there. For Easter, if there's some, we'll be there. But, you know, throughout the other days of the year, just give me some time, and I'm going to focus on this, this crew here. This is my crew for now. So it's healthy. Can I get an amen? amen. Is this too real? Yes. Uh, uh, you, you've got to check if you have a functional relationship with your parents. As a single person, even when you start dating, check on the person you're dating to see if they have a functional relationship with their parents. Now, I've listed a lot of relationships here. Now, if the person you're getting ready to date has a problem with uh, their children, they have a problem with their ex, they have a problem with their siblings, they have a problem with their parents, and when you ask them who's your friend, they say, I don't have friends because I like being alone, that's a big red flag because God created us for fellowship. Okay, all right. Just check. Check with your neighbor. Check if they brought any amens. Ask them to show you their wallet. Just say, did you bring any amens? We want to we wanna see if you brought any amens. With parents, if, if you meet someone, singles, let me help you. This one, I'm serious. I'm serious about this one. If you're a single person and you meet someone who doesn't honor their mom and their father, that's a big red flag because that's a Bible commandment. Well, Pastor T, we in the New Covenant, we don't do commandments anymore. The apostle of grace, the apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter number 5, I believe verse 1, he started off in the grace book of Ephesians, the one that he wrote not to address any problem. It's the only book he wrote not to address any problem, but to just strengthen the believers in who they are in Christ. He even spelled it out clearly that children must obey, they must honor their parents so that their days may be long on the earth. It's a Bible command. If you meet someone who dishonors their parents, their own biological, it's a problem. Oh, just one amen over here. It's a problem. Amen? I mean, someone who has beef. You know what beef is, right? Someone who has, that's from the 90s. That's, you know, uh, when you don't get along. Someone, someone who has beef with their own biological mother. Who carried them nine months, uh, gave birth to them, and they are so bitter about their own mother. They are so angry. Hey, your mom may have said some stuff that you didn't agree with, but the Bible is still the Bible. The Bible still says you must honor them. It didn't say you must only honor them when they are good to you. He says, children, obey and honor your parents so that your days may be long on the earth. And if you meet somebody who doesn't honor their own parents, it's a red flag. Okay, all right. Uh, that was a little strong, right? And sometimes all you need is to humble yourself and say, I'm sorry. What if they wronged me? It's your mom and dad for crying out loud. They are 80-some years old. They are 70-some years They're 60-some. You can't humble yourself and say, I'm sorry? Man, there's a problem there. When I was, you know, dating my wife, I was always watching to see how she relates with her parents. Listen, if she won't honor her own parents, what chance do I have? I'm an outsider. <laughs> it's not joined by blood. It's joined by the priest. Yeah. <laughs> it's a problem. So I'm always looking out to see, do they have enough humility to go to their mom, to their dad, and say, and say I'm sorry. Because that's what it is. You can spell it out whichever way you want, but the problem is uh, spelled E-G-O. Yeah. That's what it is. It's ego. 
All right, okay, all right. How many of you still coming back next week? Anybody still coming? Oh, it's strong. So you always have to learn through observation and participation. Amen. Number nine. Uh, do I have effective dating skills? Do I have effective uh, dating skills? Uh, so in other words, this is what it looks like. I can in initiate contact with people I want to meet and disengage from people who are not a match for me. I keep my physical and emotional boundaries uh, in check and I have a balance. Someone say balance. balance. I have a balance between my heart and my head when I meet people. So it's not just all emotions. I have to bring my head into it so that I can have an objective assessment. Now, ladies, if they ever abuse you, ever, whether that's uh, verbal abuse, I'm not even going to, it shouldn't even get there. If they ever abuse you, your heart may say, I'm going to keep, no, it's over. Oh, oh, it's getting hot. It's getting hot up in here. If they ever abuse you, it's over. And it should be over at the relationship stage. Why would you promote? Here's what it says. It says whatever you experience in a, in a relationship is going to be ten times of that exact same thing in the marriage. So if you experience joy and, and a connection and a sweet fellowship in the relationship, it's going to be ten times better when you are in the marriage relationship. If you experience verbal abuse in the, in the relationship between boyfriend and girlfriend, it's going to become physical abuse in the, in the marriage relationship. Amen? I said amen. amen. And, and no, one, no one should ever be subjected to any physical abuse from anybody. Amen. No one should ever be shouted at. Yeah. You know, my, my little kids, uh, they even know that. With my wife, I, uh, the older one, uh, Munesu, when she was uh, three, she, you know, the, the kids, they want to take chances. When she was three, <laughs> she, she's trying to take chances, and she shouted at my wife. And I took care of it immediately. I won't tell you how, otherwise social services, <laughs> social services will find me. I took care of it. And I told her, no one ever talks to my wife that way. That's what I told her. I said, you don't shout in this house, no one shouts. I, I don't shout to your mom, you never shout to my wife. And then when she grew a little older, the younger one turned three and she tried it. And then the older one told the younger one, Tanaya, she told her, she said, hey, don't talk to daddy's wife that way. <laughs> Daddy doesn't like it, and you may end up in trouble. We have a name for, for the, the correctional uh, 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 rehabilitative uh, <laughs> uh, process that ensues. When things try to get out of hand, it's very clear. Everyone knows. It's one word. I just spell it out, and everyone knows what's about to come, and everyone goes back to, you know, acting holy again and righteous. I told them. I, I told my kids. I said, hey, listen, I know. I know. I'm the preacher. I preach this. And I read the Apostle Paul's uh, letters. I know we are in the dispensation of grace. I know that. But here's the deal. Is that before you're 18 in my house, you are in the dispensation of the law, and I get to make the law. 
It's the law. You do what I say, or I take care of it. That's what we do. When you're 18 and you move out, hey, you can enjoy the New Testament. <laughs> right now, we take care of it. Amen. And so, we have to learn how to uh, uh, have uh, these relational skills, right? We have to learn how to uh, engage. A lot of women are ready to be wives, but unfortunately, uh, it starts off as dating. A lot of Christian women miss out on the opportunity because they are, they are, they are ready to be wives, uh, but they don't realize that there are four seasons uh, to get to the destination of marriage. It starts off as dating, and dating is just connecting and companionship and friendship. And so because they haven't been taught how to date, they go on a date and they're trying to prophesy on a, on a, on a coffee date. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I sense you are my husband. No, all they're looking for is just a friend. They're looking for someone that they can have a conversation with and that can be a, a, a companion in their lives. And so, ain't no need for that. We have to learn how to date, connect with people, and so on and so forth if you're going to successfully transition into courtship, engagement, and then uh, marriage. Number 10, we have to uh, speed it up. I'm almost out of time. Number 10, uh, this is the question you've got to ask. Uh, do I have effective relationship skills? Do I have effective relationship skills? In other words, here's what it should look like. I understand relationships, and I can maintain closeness, intimacy, and communicate. Someone say communicate. I can communicate authentically, assertively, and negotiate differences uh, positively, and allow myself to trust and be vulnerable, and I can give and receive love without any emotional barriers. And so the question becomes this, do you know how to communicate effectively? A lot of people don't know how to communicate uh, effectively, and this is why they will struggle if they decide to date. They don't communicate in, 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 in uh, positive, uh, uh, common, uh, negotiative uh, language. They try to communicate uh, through manipulative means. So you say, how are you doing? They say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> so the problem with that is, you said, I'm okay, but your body language is not saying, I'm okay. And so your communication, you're trying to get the other person to decode and you're trying to get the other person to, uh, you know, figure it out uh, when you could have just said, hey, listen, I think, you know, the next time you, you bring that other issue, maybe we could look at it from this perspective and maybe that won't hurt me. So These are effective communication skills that you have to learn and not, you know, try to get the other person all the time. It can be a constant battle uh, and frustration for the other person to have to decode. Your, your, your words of knowledge. <laughs> you know when church folk give you a word of knowledge? They just say, you know, I had a dream about you. I saw a red car went through the, the, under the, 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 the bridge. That's the word I got for you. I'm like, but yo. <laughs> and here's what they say. I wonder if it resonates. <laughs> 
That's a word of knowledge. When you talk to your spouse, you don't talk in words of knowledge and prophetic. You bring it up. Hey, listen, uh, I wanted to talk to you. First of all, you must pick the right opportunity. You know, you need to have skills to pick the right opportunity. And second of all, when you communicate with them, uh, timing, right? When you, pick, when you communicate with them, communicate this way. Ephesians chapter number 4, somewhere in there you can go and check it out. It says, uh, 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 communicate, speak one to another uh, with words uh, that are seasoned with salt so that it may minister grace to the hearer. So the objective of communication is not just to be heard but it is to minister grace to the hearer. Did you hear what I said? The objective of communication is not just to be heard, but to minister what? Grace to the hearer. You must ask yourself, is this communication going to edify or it's going to take away? And those of you who are married, now this is the only section that's for the married people in the, in the entire teaching. Those of you who are married... Uh, you need to realize this, that, you know, when you are in a conflict, you need to learn conflict management, conflict resolution. And the number one cardinal rule for conflict management and conflict resolution as you come in is this, that no one ever wins an argument. In a marriage relationship, no one ever wins an argument. You might win an argument in your mind and lose the person. Now you've lost it all. And so when you have a conflict, here's what we learned on, on Thursday. During live group, we had a couple in there, 25 years of marriage. They came on, and uh, they, they, could, they were listening to the Zoom call. And so, they, I mean, it got heated up. It was fire, right? And then they came on on the call, and they 25 years of marriage. So we asked them, we said, what's the secret? They said, every time we, we fought, this is what they said. They said, every time we fought, we came in with, their, with our guns in the fight, right? But... We had our backs against each other. So they came in. They pulled out the guns out of the holsters, and they had their backs against each other. You watch that movie, Bad Boy? That's how they were shooting. They were like this, shooting, right? Shooting back. She's facing that way. You're facing that way. Because they came with the assumption that the enemy is out there, not in here. And so the problem with some of you is you take the guns out the holsters, and you're facing each other. Amen. Your problem is not your spouse. You see, if you start there, you've already lost before you've begun. The problem is out there. When you pull out the guns back against each other and you're fighting the enemy out there, who is the devil? There's always a spirit behind every conflict and you need to come with that mindset that my problem. Hey, we play for the same team. We're not trying to outscore each other. We're trying to complement each other so that we can win on this journey together. Yes. We're in this together. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Now all the spouses, put your right hand on your, on your heart. Put your right hand on your heart. Lift your other hand. Put, we're going to do this together. From today. Right hand. Everybody. Right hand. He's trying to, he's trying to cheat the system here. Yeah. Anybody from today, from today I will not fight, will not fight my, spouse. my spouse. I will come into every conflict, come into every conflict with, the with the assumption that it is an outside force. It is an outside, it is an outside spiritual attack. It is, it, is it is not my spouse. That's my commitment. That's my commitment. And I'm sticking to it. Did you see how the voices went down on sticking to it? They just... <laughs> Yeah, I'm, sti 
I'm sticking to you. I'm sticking to you. Man, if you want to win, your spouse is not your problem. You're playing for the same team. Can I get an amen? And so, those of you who are uh, single, watch. Watch. Watch for these things. Number one, you know, learn how to communicate. Number two, uh, learn what your love language is. You know, this is how I want to be loved. And number three, we're going to wrap it up with this. Uh, uh, do you know how to manage disagreements? Learn how to manage uh, disagreements. In, in terms of communication, another thing you need to watch out for, single people, if you're single, you go out on your first date, watch how they treat waiters and waitresses. Do you know what I said? Watch how they treat people who are serving them. If they send the food back all the time, it's a sign. <laughs> there are some people that it doesn't matter what you do. They will bring it to your table the way uh, uh, that you ordered, right? They will bring it to the table the way it was ordered, but they will still send it back. And just for some of you, if you are like that, let me just warn you. You know, I've talked to people who uh, have been waiters in the restaurants. They have a word for people like you, and they have a, 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 a way to treat your food. People like you, when they go in and they put in your order, they go in there and they put in your order. They say, hey, uh, he wants a rum steak with uh, uh, chips, uh, medium rare. And they shout this. This is what they shout at the back. You never get to hear this. Special order. You know what that means? That means they're going to take care of your food. Man, if you don't have enough sense to know that someone who's cooking for you must be respected, it's a red flag. They will put that steak on the floor, tenderize it. They will tenderize it. Spit on it. Rub the, the toilet uh, uh, thing the, with it, mm. and then put it on the grill and serve it to you. Special order. We had a friend, my wife and I had a friend. Uh, she sent back, she and her husband, they were both bad. Both of them were bad. She sent back ice cream. Now, if you send back ice cream, you have some serious problems. Send back ice cream. So I'm telling you, single people, watch how they treat people who can't do anything for them. Watch how they treat uh, people who are just there to, to serve them. Watch how they treat, you know, parking lot attendants. Watch how they treat people at the store uh, who are helping you, you know, pick your clothes. Watch how, It's a sign. If they're rude to everybody, don't ignore that sign. Get your running shoes on and take off. Why don't you stand on your feet? Praise the Lord. Did that help you, single people? Thank you, Jesus. It takes skill to love your spouse. It's going to take skills uh, to meet uh, your potential uh, partner and connect with them. And for the most part, it takes, you know, just dying uh, to self uh, while also paying attention to all these red flags. You know, don't, don't ignore these things. Uh, you know, whatever they are now, they're going to be much bigger 
uh, when you get married. So you need to you need to pay attention uh, to these things. And those of you who are married, because these are skills that can be learned, make sure every year you take some time out to take a refresher course. Just like on your job, sometimes they ask you to take a refresher course. If you are married, man, make sure you spend some time uh, taking a refresher course together uh, to just enhance your marriage, to just uh, add to your marriage. Uh, you know, find a, a marriage uh, seminar. These days you can take a, a marriage class online line, uh, find a financial management uh, seminar, family financial management seminar. Those guys, Dave Ramsey and those boys, they have uh, all kinds of uh, material online that you can uh, get on, you know, uh, subscribe to, and it will help you as husband and wife manage your finances better. It will help you build your finances uh, together and, you know, just, just build the future together. But these things are not going to happen by accident. You have to be intentional about it. Amen. I said amen. And some of you, if you want to really leave a family legacy every month and you need to bring your kids together, uh, uh, together with the wife and say, hey, this is what came in and this is what we are planning to do. 12-year-olds should be sitting at that table and seeing how a budget is done and how to prioritize a budget and to know that just because there is money, it doesn't mean that all of it should be spent. They need to be taught while they are 10, 12, and they need to sit on that table and understand how to run finances for a home. And some of you are going to think this is too awkward, but man, the more you exclude them, the more we will perpetuate a legacy of a failure in the realm of finances as our people. Amen. So we need to start involving 13-year-olds should be sitting there and saying, uh, I think we should start with a mortgage. I think we should do this. I think we should uh, prioritize this. 13-year-olds should be saying, man, I don't think we need a new car in this season. Helping their parents. All of you, it's teamwork. Financial management for a family is teamwork. It's not an individual game. If you're going to be really successful at what God wants you to do as a family, you have to come together as a team and involve everyone's wisdom. Amen. I said amen. And sometimes as men, you know, we just want to exclude everybody, right? And we think we can just run this thing. Sometimes we make very bad decisions that way. We need to open it up and include everybody and hear everyone's uh, view on how to uh, manage these finances for the future so that the legacy can continue. The oldest company in the world was started in AD 65. It was a hotel in Japan. It is still in existence today. It is still in the hands of the same family that started it. Because when he started it, he didn't start it, you know, to buy clothes next week. He started it to create a legacy for his family. Can I get an amen? And so if you really, the, the success you're enjoying right now, if you really want that to be a part of your family tree, the one you're starting, really a part of the legacy of, of your children, don't just turn over the business one day to your 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds that you didn't take time out to train personally, and now you're turning it over, not because you believe in them, you're just turning it over because you're old. And they're going to be a failure. They're going to run that thing down. Because they didn't learn how to manage uh, uh, finances. And they didn't get involved in this family legacy thing. So I want to encourage you. I beseech you, brethren, by the message of God. 
to start getting involved, teamwork, and get things done. This is one way that's really going to change uh, your relationship in your marriage. I want to pray for the singles before we go. Anybody that's single, we want to pray a protection. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.